you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Isn't afraid to mute you on Twitter. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm coming to you from a room that's just overflowing with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. And... Joining us in studio for the first time, we've had this person on the phone once and we enjoyed it, but now we got her in the house. I call her the first lady of sports Twitter. Well, I don't know about that. Her Majesty, (laughs) Nina Kimes. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Thank you. Um, Don't know how I'm going to live up to that designation you've assigned. This is first lady music. That's what I asked First for. First lady doesn't really do much, though. Very right? majestic, very Pick, royal. Picks uh, the like tea settings. Yeah, you know what? Lose first lady. Let's let's go with the queen. I don't think they yeah. let her out of the house in this administration. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Mina? It's that kind of podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm pumped. I have changed my n- mind about who's going to win the Super Bowl literally every day. I don't know where you guys are with that, but no, I, I've it does back not. I, I was wondering how a favorite was installed in this game because yeah. I've been the same way. You can talk yourself. Like, I think the 49ers are the better team, but how do you pick against Patrick Mahomes right now? I'm in the, since you don't know anything, pick with what you want to happen camp. Ooh, well. And just in general. What do you for want picks. to happen? I, I have a, a fondness for Andy Reid. I feel like he. I would argue that you've all put more work into this than I have. I have not thought about <laughs> it once since Sunday. So I'm with, yeah, I'm Patrick Mahomes. This is his moment. This is his take the torch game, but that might be, again, more what I'd like we, to see. We don't want to spoil the big reveal from our um, Super Bowl week yeah, next shows. Thursday. We have, do uh, picks. Yeah. Okay. Because people are on the edge of their seat. And also, Simone Sessler, your lovely wife, Mark. Oh, by the way, Greg, any apologies yet? Hat in hand. <laughs> well, about- two shows in a row, Greg, with I, extremely have, offensive commentary did she about Did actually my comment wife. about this in reality? I think it's, it's beyond her at this point. She's I think so I was doing everyone a favor. It was. You're doing everyone a favor. In your world, sure. that's how you view I was that. getting that's, you. I don't home. know. I can't name one person who, was, who you granted a favor to. I was. <laughs> Simone's a Niners fine. fan, Mina. I know. I was trying to get you home on what would be an exciting, romantic potential night. That's all. Well, Greg, you are a you are a <laughs> Cupid if there is ever been one. So I'm amazed she listens to your. She listens to yeah. Well, I you know that is a curious. There's some layers um, to that. Aspect. No yeah. one affiliated with me listens to. No, my my wife has never. My wife has never listened to <laughs> two minutes of this podcast in Keep the entire going. run of it. Not one. In fact, we had a TV show. Uh, for the first time ever, the Around the NFL broadcast that aired the last three weeks. Oh, I watched. My wife, thank you. Did you like it? I was on the plane. I liked it very much. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> thank um, you. My wife, she watched the first one, but then she trailed off. She watched 33% of our The enthusiasm wanes. After the, yeah. But I guess she doesn't care about football either. So what do we talk about? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. My family's actually listening to everything I put out over the next two weeks because we're in a very competitive pick'em. Mm. It's been going. There's a plaque in my family's house. I'm talking family, parents, brother. Sure. And it's gone down to the wire. Basically, 
whoever's right in the Super Bowl wins it all this year, gets their name on the Kimes family plaque, they have an advantage because they're going to know who I'll pick yes. based on my, mm. my public profile. So they're watching everything I do like hawks. This is cutthroat. I've had Super this issue throat. with fantasy football. Right. Uh, my good friend Bob, he has told me outright he knows who like my quote unquote sleeper picks are, who I like <laughs> because of he's a listener to our podcast. I, yeah, well, when Greg and I worked for Roto World, like I was running our draft kit one year, and all of my high school buddies bought the draft kit, <laughs> and I was like, I don't even want to do this yeah. anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. M- Mina, is it not concerning that you are not dominating your family in this? You are. This is your career, and this is your expertise. You should just be devastating them. It's hard. So we do. I'm part of the ESPN. There's like an expert picks page, and you can see the records. My mother, Sunmin Kimes, who I think is 74 now has shredded every <laughs> Lewis Riddick, Trey Wingo, That's Mike Golick, destroyed Chumps. by Sunman Kimes year after year. But this mm. is the year I could take her. If I get the Super Bowl right, I win. All right. A lot happening. All right. So Mina's here. We're excited. Her Majesty. Forget about the First Lady. You're right, because it the First Lady it really varies. Some First Lady super plugged in, super influential. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt comes sure. to mind immediately. Got a lot done. Uh, you know, of course... <laughs> Barack Obama's wife, Michelle, she was yeah, the top. Why do you refer to her as Barack Obama's wife? I started down a bad path. I apologize. The queen, though, (laughs) in charge. All right. I don't know. These days, they don't want want to be queen either. Queens are struggling right now. Save it for the news. I know that you don't pay attention to the news outside of the States, but there's some (laughs) issues happening there. Um, Who said I don't pay attention to news outside the States? I did, right a few seconds ago, because it's true. You're incorrect. All right. Here we go. Coming up on today's show. Eli Manning retired. We're going to get to that, obviously. We've been building up to this moment. It's funny, Mina, you're here for this show because this Eli retires and what's next conversation has been really, uh, Wes has been, he's been primed for this for years to take his shots at Eli in a big I spot. I feel like I've taken I know we've, along the way. I feel like we've said it all. But it's all building. This is when Cherno- Chernobyl blows. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Eli. And also, <laughs> since Eli, it's the big talk about you know, the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about Players who are active right now who are already in the Hall of Fame in, in our minds, and perhaps we will disagree. Hopefully we will, because that's fun. If we have some time, we'll do um, a mailbag. But, yes, let's start uh, with the news. 17-14, fellas. One touchdown. We are world champions. This is what every quarterback lives for. And he takes the snap. Back to throw. Under pressure. Avoid the rush. And he's going to... Fight out of it, still fights out of it, now throws it deep downfield. Tyree, who makes the catch at the 22-yard line. What a play by Manning. Eli, man, I don't know how he got out of there. I thought he was on the ground, and, and then he came out of the pile and just slings it. You know, people get on Joe Buck for the Randy Moss mooning call, but the fact that when NFL Films puts together a highlight package of the Eli to Tyree pass, the helmet catch, and Buck doesn't even show up. He didn't do a good job on that. Oh, yeah. He, treat, it. he treated it like it was like a third and ten out just in like a week four <laughs> preseason game. Eli Manning <laughs> announced his retirement on Wednesday, retiring after 16 seasons. He's 39 years old. Um, the Giants quarterback, who was, of course, supplanted by Danny Dimes this year, uh, but was a rock for the G-Men for many years, uh, now heads into retirement. And it makes sense, Mina, 
in fact, as a New York guy, all my friends are Giants fans. I was on a text chain just the day before this news broke, and we are talking about that Eli's going to retire probably soon because when you looked at the landscape with all these older quarterbacks on the market and what Eli's been doing the last couple of years, it never made sense that he was going to find a place uh, to start games or perhaps, you know, he didn't want to be a backup. So this all made sense, but still it, it is the end of an era in New York. I would love nothing more to come in here and defy, I think, what you all know I'm about to say about Eli Manning. <laughs> I, to not be what Damashek calls us football cools, mm. right? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I would love to say, you know what, guys? You can't tell the story of football without Eli Manning. Which, by the way, wh- why is he the only person who gets that benefit? Do you ever hear people <laughs> say that about anyone else no. other than Eli? There's a lot of guys you can't tell the story of football without. Sure, Aaron Hernandez yeah. being one of them. I'll, it doesn't I'll, mean you put him in the Hall of Fame. Right, or if you want to look at Pat's Super Bowls, I mean, they don't win any of them without Dante Hightower. That's a whole other thing. Um, Greg has compared Eli Manning to no, Aaron Hernandez the whole, in the first 10 the seconds whole of this story thing is always like a thin, yeah, it's thin a, It doesn't have to be reductionist. It could be just one thing you consider about a candidate. Right. right. Well, the, if you want Eli in the hall, you, you, it's either two cases. One is longevity, which is I think a lot of people throw out because there's just too many guys who would get in by that. And then the other is the two Super Bowls and the story thing. Um, that's just not how I would define it. Uh, it, it just becomes an argument about how do you define the Hall of Fame, I think. Right. And my case against him has always been, and I've been making this case for probably eight or nine years, so this is how long he's been average. Incredible. He's just been average his entire career. Average. In completion percentage, yards per attempt, he's actually way below average in all the interception categories. Passer rating, he's average. He's just, for the time he entered the league to the time he left the league, he was an average quarterback over that span. I I – Still don't like that being the conversation though when he retired. I almost I we've had this argument so many times that I think we're just tired of it. Uh, like we've said everything that there is to say about Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame or Eli Manning in general that I actually was annoyed almost yesterday that that's the conversation when a really great player who was a big part of the league and you know no matter whether he was a, a you know a top five quarterback no he never was maybe in 2011. I went through it once. I think I had him at a top five quarterback one year, a top 10 quarterback only one other year. Yeah, that's not the Hall of Fame, but like immediately the second he retires, the entire conversation is like the start of the public Hall of Fame talk, which is, I feel like, going to be never ending. And uh, people are so confident about what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't yeah. even be confident are, about what's going to People are like, happen, well, you, you but... know he will be in. It's like, you don't know that. You don't know yeah, that yeah. at all. I, I think the Manning name, like we, this is not a new thought, but just that we've talked about you know, royalty and stuff that he's sort of this NFL family fixture that I, the, the people voting for this, I think they're going to push Eli Manning right in. Not It may be different I, voters I, I, down the, the conversation road, but will it depends be, on who he's against, though. It co- really does. The conversation will be never ending for five years. Then he's going in. I'm sorry. And I don't listen. You Everybody discounts counting stats and. Of course. Some people get too caught up or will only point at the two rings and the two Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, but I, I just think there's something to be said. If he didn't win those Super Bowls, he's, he's, not, going to the Super Bowl. he's not going to the Hall of Fame. I, I get that. But there's something to be said, and it's always been, I feel, overlooked, um, both on this podcast but in general because Eli can be a target, I feel like, on Twitter, that the Giants drafted him or the Chargers technically, but the Giants uh, brought him into the team in 2004. 
They put him in the lineup in around October of that year, and then they never had to think about the quarterback position again mm. for the next 10, 11, 12 years. And I know things didn't end very well, but... They should have been thinking about it when you're years ta- ago. When you're talking about... <laughs> all right, 10 years, okay? I'm going to say 10 years. When you think about other teams, think about your Browns, Mark, my Jets, so many other teams in the league... Uh, that go through a constant search, a churn, looking for a guy, and you end up with a stopgap and a rookie who stinks, and then a stopgap, and then another rookie, and maybe you hit on something. Like the Seahawks got Russell Wilson. They don't have to think about anything. Russell Wilson's a better player than Eli. But Eli, for 10, 12 years, they put him in there. He did his job. He was not spectacular, but he was steady. You never had to worry about him getting hurt because he never did. He's the most durable mm-hmm. player ever. You never had to worry about him saying stupid something stupid to the media. He always handled that very well. You never had to worry about him uh, getting into like a, a behind-the-scenes drama with a coach and, and something exploding and him being at odds and using the media to get a point across and all that stuff. He was a Walter Payton Man of the Year guy. He was a total good dude and... In those two playoff runs, then you factor that in for me. He rose up in a historic way and not, didn't just beat anybody. Didn't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, didn't beat uh, a Pittsburgh Steelers. He beat the Patriots. And he beat Bill Belichick and he beat uh, Tom Brady. And if to me, if that's not something that should be given added points, knowing who the Patriots are and what they represent in this era of NFL football, I'm sorry, I, I disagree to just kind of just view that as, oh yeah, he beat the Patriots. No, he beat the greatest team of all time, the greatest quarterback and the greatest head coach. I think that means a lot. His team did. Right, playing okay in that Super Bowl. I don't think he would say he had the best game. Even the play he's known for you know, is a, is a crazy play that could never be replicated. The t- 2011 run is what I remember most fondly of Eli Manning. I think people kind of forget that one. The, the last game of the regular season that they played, I think it was against the Cowboys, and then the three games in the NFC playoffs and that Super Bowl, he had a collection of some of the most improbable, low-percentage, awesome throws for a five-week stretch that you'll ever see. Joe Flacco kind of had a a somewhat similar run, and he had little moments like that. The year after they won the Super Bowl, 2008, he was really good throughout that year. But they didn't win the Super Bowl because of Eli Manning. They won it because of their defense. I mean, they won it because of Justin Tuck, and, he, and equally, he was part of it. It's equally reductive to me to, to say, oh, they won because of no, he was, Tuck. He was, but no one's going to argue a, he was for a part of it. Tuck to get into the – I mean, to kind of connect it back to the Hightower. So right. No one's out here making a case for Hightower. Even you kind of do. You like to throw this one in. I, I, I think <laughs> he is the single most important, like outside of Brady and Gronk. Like, you, the Patriots don't have this run of Super Bowls without Dante Hightower, I think. And I, I don't think Dante Hightower belongs in the Hall of Fame, but you could every all the cases we're making for Eli, you could just as easily make for like 20 other random players right. who just the, don't, are the, not quarterbacks. The case you made for Eli, but, I think, is a case why he's a, a great, memorable NFL figure. It's just that's different than an argument of whether yeah. he's a Hall of Famer. We've also talked about it forever He didn't excel podcast. at his position. He was not a top 10 quarterback, I would say, for every year but two of his career. We've and there's all, no one in the Hall of Fame you can say that We've about. also said forever, and Wes, you've quoted Vince Lombardi on this, that the quarterback, it's just the most important pres, uh, position, sure. uh, position. It's where the spotlight is. And that comes with um, so way more pressure uh, to it than Dante Hightower, where his position is. I just think what Eli was able to do in that spot in those two years is something you can't take away from him and, and say, oh, he was carried to those titles. Because I, I just don't see it that way. Personally. I think you've... You stated the case very well. I just think it falls shy of the Hall of Fame. Okay. I, I think if you're 
a Jets fan like Dan or you're a Browns fan and you've seen nothing but, uh, you know, ship wrecked chaos at the quarterback position, that the idea that you would draft someone who would play as Eli did before a PR stunt got him benched, you know, a couple of years he ago. He never missed the game to injury. Right, 12 Not straight once. years of 16 starts. And what, by the way, the guy... The PR stunt got him benched. He got himself Well, benched. that's fine, but I'm saying, but also the, the guy Gino that... The disrespect I just will think not that stand. If you, if you were a Giants fan and you and you draft you draft Phillip Rivers and he did what he did, but you get Eli Manning out of it and you know he's going to win two Super Bowls and essentially be a total Iron Man at the position... He's a Hall of Fame to a lot of Giants fans. I get that. Um, I, I don't think he belongs in it reading, necessarily either. Reading a story, just reading up on Eli's career, I completely forgot the whole 2017. Ben McAdoo, I don't even, where is Ben these days? But Jacksonville. Yeah. Oh, Jackson. yeah. Ben McAdoo Vol. He's resurfaced. <laughs> ben McAdoo. <laughs> trying, to make, trying to make that a thing. <laughs> his plan when Eli was, uh, I admit that, I, he was in the tank at this point in his career. Ben McAdoo's plan was to have Eli play the first half to keep his starting streak alive and then bring in Greg's boy, Geno Smith. He was he wanted to do the play the halves thing. Well, I always say that starty that Geno had against the Raiders is underrated. He played pretty well in that game. (laughs) I mean, we'll always always say that. The Eli durability thing is underrated. Like we cannot talk about that enough cuz you're Greg said he doesn't want to get to the Hall of Fame debate right away. So let's that that would be where I would focus on him because it's truly remarkable. I mean they asked us to I do this daily show, ESPN Daily, check it out. Nice. And at the end of the show I do like a monologue and you know they're saying, "Well, what do you want to say about Eli Manning?" I was like, "Well, I kind of just want to talk about how durable he was in the game that to me it's not the Super Bowls, but it was the the NFC Championship against the Niners. I'll never yes. forget. That might be his best game. Watching him. I mean, every picture from that game, his helmet is slightly askew because I think he was hit like, you know, 500 times or something, 20 knockdowns or something. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. So and oh, it's dude. pretty remarkable. Um, all right. Well, we'll have this conversation again in, uh, in five minutes. years when the uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame vote occurs. So let's stick a pin in this. Are we still going to be doing this in five years? That's a good question. I mean, we were looking through, uh, you know, here's a peek behind the curtain in our, you know, database to see if we had had this conversation before. Database is strong. Or whatever you want to say. <laughs> we did I a Google search. I couldn't. No, I could. Oh, I looked in the little, uh, you know, whatever you call it, the Art 19 thing. I mean, the idea that we have curtains is strong. We don't. And know. we searched to see, have we had the who, what current players are Hall of Famers conversation before? And, and it was like, yes, but in 2014. Right. It's too like, long. gosh, you've been doing this too, too long. long. Yeah, where, where's the love that we get for being durable? <laughs> no love. Where's Not, that monologue on ESPN Daily? Specifically from the employer, <laughs> very little love. Never miss a start. <laughs> All right. I mean, Mark did miss the show for, what was it last week? Your eye couldn't close? Or I had an eye issue. No, that's Mark not was was, that is not how I would describe it. <laughs> that is not how I would describe it. <laughs> All right. Boomerang IR for Mark. Here we go. Other news in the league. Gary Kubiak's back in a chair, the OC chair. Uh, Rap sheet reported Thursday the Vikings will make Kubiak the new OC. He spent the 2019 season as the Vikings' assistant head coach and offensive advisor. And uh, he got a lot of the credit for the run scheme um, that he used as a head coach in Houston and Denver. He's a big play action guy. So now Kevin Stefanski goes to Cleveland. Always felt like Gary was maybe looking over Kev's shoulder the whole time, Wes, and now uh, Kubiak's in the chair. Feels like a good uh, match with uh, Kirk, right? Yeah, I don't. I wonder how much this will change things. I guess he'll be actually calling the plays, whereas last year it was more like he installed the offense and then Stefanski called the plays. 
But Greg likes to say all the time, Andy Reid is the best offensive mind of his generation or this century. And I think the guy who's often lost in that conversation is Gary Kubiak, who's been highly successful everywhere he's gone, who basically, you know, Mike Shanahan gets a ton of credit for Kyle. But I think Kyle spent more time in the NFL around Gary Kubiak than his mm. own father. You're a great chin. I mean, that combination there, Kubiak and Stefanski together, a couple couple, couple of hotties. Handsome men. Didn't Prowl you have some Stefanski? Pete, maybe this is the, <laughs> is this, the time for it. Chance? I forgot about this. Um, it was teased before we came on that you know, Nina had a Kevin Stefanski scoop. Yeah, well, I know we got, you know, some Browns interest here. Yes. Breaking I, news, I'm just Erica. hoping it's not disastrous news that you're about to break. Well, so this kind of brings it back to the family. We've been talking about our family members and their sure. interest or lack of interest in our careers. Um, <laughs> so my husband, Nick, is... Uh, does not watch football, does not, is not a sports guy at all. But one day he comes home and he's like, hey, he's like, you know, this guy Kevin Stefanski? Is he like, I mean, or not, he didn't put it that way. Let me rephrase it. He said, <laughs> is Kevin Stefanski like a big deal? And I said, yeah, he, he just. Pretty big deal. Yeah, pretty big deal. And he's like, what about Joe Judge? Is he also a big deal? And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is recently. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I know them both from high school. Mm. So. Whoa. He, he's so excited to tell me, he says, I got the scoop for you, the scoop of the century. Joe Judge, St. Joe's Prep, Philadelphia. Uh, Joe, They were both quarterbacks, and he said, Joe Judge, Kevin Stefanski took his job. Joe Judge had to transfer out of St. Joe's Prep because Stefanski was the better quarterback. You have no idea how excited Mark is. No, this is a, I, I, he it, was worried I that that was going to go bad no, for Stefanski. Well, and according to my husband, the better dude. Stefanski. Okay. Great classmate, good friend, nice guy, excellent at calculus. Blue just, skies. Just giving you all the insight. So he my, is an analytics my, guy. My husband, yeah. and I'm like, this is kind of a fun story. Like, he's tr- quarterback, transfer, or whatever. And you know what? I'm going to just double check no one's written this. <laughs> Adam Schefter had it four days before me. Oh. Oh, my husband went to oh. high school oh, with see. these guys. Yeah. I was thinking this could have been your, like, your summer splash piece, like the time when Stefanski stole Judge's How job and his know? girl. Yeah, I, but ha- I had the most inside of sources. Schefter does great <laughs> work. But you know what? The one thing you still have, to me, the top, you know how they teach in journalism school, the inverted triangle? To me, the top headline or the top part of the story, though, is that one of these guys is a jerk. I didn't say that. I just said, One's I mean, better. That's not, one is a lesser man than the other. According to, to high school According friends. to my husband, who also, by the way, interviewed Kevin Stefanski for the St. Joe's Prep Hocklet and is available, he tells me, for any interviews to talk about the experience. <laughs> All right. Probably the first interview of Stefanski. Um, he was very high on Kevin. Well, I'm just taking the rest of the show off because, you know, when things start to go well, check out and just enjoy. <laughs> that was a close call. Because if, if it was Stefanski that lost the job, we would have lost Mark. Yeah, he'd be, that would have been it. I don't need it. I don't need any more negative type news. This is the opposite. Thank you. Um, just really quickly on Kubiak, though. Coops. Um Wasn't he supposed to retire because of his health? Like, this is, I mean, the dude That's can't quit call. football. And I agree with you. He's been immensely successful everywhere he's gone. His fingerprints are all, all, all over the Shanahan run game, every offense he's touched, but is a dispassionate life worth living. Well, there was Ooh. He's not trying to survive. He's trying to live. <laughs> that's post cancer. That's post cancer. Stressful job. Well, of course. I mean, I, you have to go through all that when you suffer a big health scare. What's well, worth, what makes it worth living? Well, the thing I found weird last year at this time was Ian Rappaport would 
say that Kubiak didn't want the head coaching jobs because of his health. Because, yeah, the stress. And- but um, but the coordinator thing seemed fine, which is one of the more underrated John Elway um, <laughs> mistakes, I think, of the last few years. You you love uh, killing your boy Elway. Was he somehow let Kubiak get out of the get out of the building last? I mean, Kubiak wanted that job, and it seemed out. like he wanted to have his whole the whole Kubiak crew. He's got Clint Kubiak. He's got a couple other with a K. assistants. Clint with the K. I think what is his name? Donaldson. You know, he's got the same assistants, and they couldn't come to an agreement. He also, oh, he did. That's, that's, and that's Elway's and, laugh, by the way, according to Dan. If you're wondering, if where the chuckling is, and instead he got Scangarello, who lasted and, a year, and now he's he's with Schumer. So. And don't forget, he also had Kyle Shanahan in the building, and then he looked at Vance Joseph and went, oh. "This one's for John." <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what is that voice? Well, that's, don't ask. That's John. That's Elway. Elway? Is, that's your Elway. No, it's not my Elway. That is Elway. Um, I just I like it because I feel like this whole year in Minnesota, you never knew who was calling the shots. Not just right. between Coobs um, and Kevin, but also between Zimmer and then when they were like running the ball way too much early on, everybody was questioning mm. who's really making these decisions. So well, I think hopefully- that's a huge question mark on Stefanski is, wait, one of the best play callers in the NFL is sitting next to you in meetings, potentially doing all the work, and you're getting hired for the head coaching job. Mm. Great, great, good. Good-looking man, though. Another have a problem with the way he looks. Another family tie-in to this show. Um, my brother, Kevin Danger, hands us. It's good to have a, a prominent Kevin pop up on the scene because I feel like we had been in a slump. Like a, Kevin's? A Kevin in a big spot. Oh, sure. Pat- I feel like we had Patra. Kevin Bacon. Well, we got Patra. Well, Bacon's been around forever, though. I mean, a fresh Kevin on the scene. Is there a single NFL player? Kevin James was getting a little stale. <laughs> we needed a new one. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Speaking of flower, Matt LaFleur. Hmm. This was interesting. A couple things, a couple uh, nugs around the Packers. Uh, first of all, Mike Patton, uh, he will remain the defensive coordinator, uh, although LaFleur kind of said he had to think about some things uh, before making a decision. He deci- decides that LaFleur um, will return to the staff. Uh, even after a very grisly uh, downfall for the Green Bay defense in the NFC title game. And then I just wanted to play a quote from uh, Matt uh, from his press conference on Wednesday that jumped out to me a little bit. I'm curious if you guys agree. That's something that I'm still trying to figure out right now as as we speak. I, I, I mean, I don't understand that because you're there. You have an opportunity to go to play in a Super Bowl and – for that to happen, it's it's extremely it's bothersome, and we got to look at ourselves, everybody. My I got to look inside of myself and see why why weren't our players playing with their hair on fire? I think every everybody in our organization has to do that. Mina, I thought it was interesting to hear a coach talk about that and talk about his team's lack of passion and fire when it's connected to the conference championship game. Now, you sometimes you hear a coach talk like this in week six after a game where a team just has a no-show. Uh, but that was a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of a red flag that he's admitting it and talking in the media that his team didn't show up for the NFC title game. Kind of sounded like his quarterback there. Oh. I mean, just was, you know, some of those spicy quotes that you can. Um, I mean, he's right. He is right. First reaction. I guess um, I was surprised that he spoke on it publicly. Yeah. Because it's kind of, isn't it, a, on some level, when a team doesn't show up, some, you could see it as a direct reflection of the head coach. Well, he, he tried to say that. I mean, I think he was just recognizing the obvious, that the defense, and Aaron Rodgers, but I would say that those, the, the defense as a whole 
was just blown off the ball and was blown away. And I think if you watch them, you, you have to come to that conclusion. Like the two Smith brothers, you know, Zedarius and Preston Smith, who we talked about all year, and Kenny Clark, they got railroaded. I mean, they right. they got mm. they got crushed. But I read this the Bob McGinn weekly grades that he gives the Packers, which is always good oh he goes on the athletic. In. And this one was like from a crime scene. I mean, he <laughs> went in on these guys and Rodgers. He basically the entire defense and Rodgers is having you know the the worst games of their careers, and the defense especially just kind of getting physically manhandled and mentally just out of it. Let me ask you guys this, because I, I, I was just thinking through this as I look ahead to how do you stop this San Francisco offense from humiliating you with the run game the way they did. How much of that would you put on effort, execution, broken tackles, that kind of thing, some of the secondary being out, um, the Smiths not showing up? And how much would you put on scheme and Petten not making adjustments, not putting some of his defensive players in the right position to succeed? I felt like I saw both happening at the same time. Um, which is a very first lady-esque answer. But right. what, what, what do you think? Well, after reading about this, the specific game plan from the 49ers was we're going to attack the Smith brothers in the running game right? so they're not pass rushing us. Basically, we're going to go to the edges and take them out, and it worked. So I think when you're talking scheme, like that has to be a big credit to Kyle Shanahan there. And I tend to credit him more than I blame Pettin. I think, I, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, there are – we're hearing now, and we talked about it before the game, Kyle Shanahan had a year plus to scout Mike Pettin and did a better job of scouting Mike well, Pettin than Mike Pettin did in reverse. About it for a year, I mean, forget a year plus. I, mean, I think it was a bit of a controversial relationship, too. They were, yeah. There was definitely not the coziest of uh, friendships there, and I think just I just give it to Kyle Shanahan for understanding how to attack Pettin. They crossed 200 yards on the ground four times this season. So it's not out of their DNA, the Niners, to do this. They had, yeah, and they had some, the Packers had some no-shows. I mean, for a for a team that only lost four games, the four that they lost, none of them were competitive. Three were just blowouts. Uh, yeah, the most concerning thing for me is if you're a Packers fan, it, it shares a lot of connective tissue with the meltdowns you saw with Don Capers sitting up in the booth and his little hair flying around and the Packers <laughs> no-showing in a January right. game on defense. I'd, just, I'd put it more like on it. the coaching being one step ahead of the other team. And then the fact that you've already gotten blown out by this team one time and maybe, you know, right. the, yeah. the, 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 uh, they, they had to have... The four 49ers had to have felt that they had the Packers numbers and everything proved them right. <laughs> if you, was, I'm sorry to say that was the Kaepernick was this you know, last time they got ran on like that and everyone put it on Capers as well. I just yep. think it's personnel too at the end of the day that Packers right. just didn't have good linebackers and you just can't beat. And this this is a real concern for me with Kansas City as mm. I again go back and forth, go back and forth on this game. It's real hard to stop this Niners offense if you don't have linebackers. If you played that LaFleur good ones. for a non-sports fan the reaction would be, why is this person with a monotone talking about not playing with your hair on fire? It comes from the person with the monotone. It's mm. fair. What was that take about Dom Capers' hair? Whoosh. Little hair flying around. I mean, that just... I, I feel like Dom's hair doesn't move, isn't it? Well, that may be true, too. I mean, I just, I, like, it's the cutaways to him looking no, completely yeah. it died bemused and, like, and befuddled in the booth as the yeah. Packers are it's getting... like tamped down. Well, I think the whole thing with, yeah, Dom was it, it looked like it had, you know, perished 15 years before and he had purchased it. I don't mean to speak too much on it, but yeah. Uh, In other coaching news, the Jacksonville Jaguars are hiring former Redskins head coach Jay Gruden 
Fox uh, in the hen house. He is there. Exactly. Next <laughs> offensive coordinator. Uh, this quote from Doug Marone, who obviously does not see the meteor heading towards. Oh, come the on. Still the coach, Doug Marone. Yeah. Coach come Gruden on, Doug. is Ow. one of the brightest offensive minds in football, and I'm pleased to welcome him to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, he didn't say this, but he could say it, and it wouldn't make sense. And he is also a perfect choice as interim coach when I'm fired on Halloween. Uh, <laughs> I will sandwich prop right here. Yeah. Ooh. Jay Gruden is in and Doug Marone is out by this time in 2022. So Gruden 2022. Has- so within the next two calendar years, Gruden is in as the head coach and Marone. Uh, you're not bold enough. Basically, at some point, Jay Gruden will be the Jaguars head coach. You I'll should say you be, be a head coach this year. I'll t- All right, before at this time next year, Gruden <laughs> Gruden is in and Marone is. Could be out. ten months from now. Right. I I still think it was a great move because their offense is. Poor, I'm thinking on it. Wes. And Jay Gruden okay. is is underrated, and is a, I still believe he's a great play caller, and has done a very good job almost everywhere. It's he's a good been, hire, including yeah, Washington. Yeah. So I don't Cincinnati. know. You're gonna get it's good you're hire lose for Shaq Khan, not for Doug Marone. <laughs> no, it's a terrible hire. For Why? Them. Why? Because they need they, they need something. They need something to fix the offense. It's so just it's not gonna a, happen with in all seriousness. Another John it's a Filippo year. Ready made inside choice for a coach whose butt is on fire. But he's gonna be fired if they lose, no matter what. So they have yeah. to win. Well, that's true, too. I like it for Minshew. I mean, just sure. set aside the our concerns about Marone for a minute. <laughs> Assuming Minshew's the quarterback. Man, the Jazz could be real bad next year. But, um, you know, I Gruden's would, a West assume. Coast guy. Yeah, I would, I'm not – you're right. They could go in a lot of different directions with court. But, but if they did as Minshew, I'm saying, you know, like a quick passing game, a little more play action. Perfect for Gardner Seems Minshew. like a great fit. What about Nick Foles? What is going to happen there? Hang on. That's a interesting <sighs> subplot. I don't think he is because of the the money, and he's not a terrible quarterback well, to have. And maybe Minshew is the starter. Like it, you just eat so much money to get rid yeah. of him. It it doesn't make sense. If you found a trade partner that takes off a little bit of the money, but it's still you're eating all this money to not have him on your roster. Counterpoint: Can you tell the story of football without Nick oh. Foles? No. No, but he is also not going to be future Hall of Famer heading to Canton. Got to do it twice. Oh yeah, sorry, (laughs) that's that's the bar. Then Uh, you really can't tell the story of football. In all seriousness, that's a high bar. If you do it twice, it is our Wes. I can't take you on your sandwich prop because it was the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, So if I were to, I don't want to root against it, and I also know I can't get sandwiches by you know going with you. So well, I already knew it was the first thing that came to your mind because I know you. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I love you, buddy. All right, uh, real quick, let's jump into the fish tank. Um, the Dolphins and their general manager um, are Chris Greer. They quote fully expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to be back with the team next year. The 37-year-old who had a really nice season uh, for the Dolphins under very difficult circumstances um, is obviously a guy who works as a stopgap. But the whole idea. Mina of the buildup and the the tanking was to start over and start over at quarterback. Uh, does it make sense to be paying Ryan Fitzpatrick pretty good money when you're probably going to go get a quarterback in the first round? The only the thing I don't like about it is that okay they're going to get a quarterback. Ostensibly, uh, Tua is probably right the leader in the clubhouse, assuming they can, picking fifth overall. They can get him there. Or they might have to trade up. They have on our air said he expected four quarterbacks to go in the top fifteen, so good they'll get grief. one. Oh, my God. Jacob mm. Eason. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, I'm a Huskies fan. So, anyways, uh, I don't love the idea of 
Fitz being the veteran backup behind the rookie, ready to pounce and outplay him at every turn. I don't know. I know we think of him, you know, he's a great guy, good mentor, but I just, I don't know. That kind of makes me nervous. I just feel like there's so many, we have so many examples now of him coming in and outplaying these young guys in spurts. And- How about we send him up gets- to Chicago and get him the backup to Trubisky? I, I don't want to see. backup? Yeah, I don't want to see. Flat out start him over Trubisky. I don't want to see uh, Fitzpatrick also just his, what will be his final season just sitting on the bench. Well, if it's Tua, if it's Tua, Tua might not be, probably wouldn't be ready That's to true. start the season. Yeah. And the contract... He's only making $5 million. Right, the, it's the opposite. The contract is a huge bonus. He's making $8 million next year, which is, for a backup, uh, not bad. Like, That's so, not? Some, I would love to see the... For, right. for a guy who is the best quarterback in the AFC East last year and can start games for you, yeah, I think that's well, they have unbelievable plenty of value. I wish there was a Fitzpatrick for every team in the league. <laughs> right. I wish exactly. every team had a Fitzpatrick. I just I thought it was noteworthy just that he said that because, you know, Derek Carr's out here on Wednesday all upset with these quotes that why is everyone bringing up, you know, that other quarterbacks might be coming here? Because I, I forget what – there was something this mm-hmm. week that people were connecting Jameis to the Raiders. Like, I, you would think, and he went through all Tom the – Tom Brady. And here's why. Because your coach made it very clear that they're evaluating the quarterback position and went out of his way to not promise you the job. Whereas in Miami, I think they're basically promising it's Fitzpatrick and a rookie. Like, they're making it pretty clear. Do you think that sets up a nice transition? So, you're right. Tua I could come so. in, not play. Fitz comes in. They mess around and win a few games. You can evaluate some of the guys, you know, your Williams is whatever receiver they draft. You, do you think that could be like a nice? Yeah, why not? I think as much as coaches seem to dislike Josh Rosen, uh, they seem to love Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if from a coaching staff angle, there, it would be the perfect veteran. To Wes's point, every team would like to have a Ryan Fitzpatrick in that quarterback. Role. It also kind of says they're out of the veteran quarterback market, if they're being honest, which is a little bit of information. That's what's happening in the news. Ricky Hollywood, plug our live show, please. What's up, guys? Ooh, you feel that Caribbean, Caribbean? I don't care how you say it, vibes. That's still not Miami, but that's where we're going to be. Oh, yeah, you heard it. Miami Improv, last chance to get your tickets. If you're a 49ers fan, if you're a Chiefs fan, if you're anywhere in between, if you're not a fan at all and you just like live podcasts you know, regarding football, then, then this is the place for you. Miami Improv slash events. Check it out. Let's go. 7.30. Oh, yeah. Miami. Miami. Yeah, come get your tickets. They're going quick. You've done some live um, Mina Kimes podcasts. Miami. Money shows. How, how have those gone? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did one in Seattle. So that was, you know. Homecoming. Uh, yeah, like Mina a- Kimes. Like the Rat King in the you know sewer. Wow, weird analogy. <laughs> Don't know why I went what? there. Keep I don't know. That. I was thinking. Well, I was like, you know, I'm surrounded by like the enablers and. I like. But, it. Uh, well, isn't a Rat King? And they take us out of the When show. a bunch of rats' tails get caught mm. together, yes, that technically, the, and they become a giant, a giant yeah, rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Like that's what that's like. cluster blank. That's yeah. what that was like. Um, Bill Barnwell and I have done a few. We did one in LA. No, in Chicago. That was that was fun. Too. Are you doing any live ESPN Daily podcast? Not at the Super Bowl. Just doing some. We got a studio Miami. The, in Miami. I keep thinking you're saying that. Do you know I'm whose voice that, that is? And I'm amazed by. Is that not Erica? Miami. The great Connie Fox, Colleen Wolf. I hear Colleen it now. Wolf's voice. By the way, the yeah. the Super Bowl forty 
uh, 54 research notes are out, and Ooh. Mina's a competitor. She was the ESPN, so she doesn't get to look at this. She mm-hmm. probably gets her own packet. But um, the city of Miami has its own chapter. Miami. And I, and I just want to share a couple fun facts about the city of now would be the natural time. Feels like an obvious time for the drop. Miami. Thank you. Here we go. It is the second. Sorry, most... I got people chirping at me back. Sure, add Colleen's no, on her on her timeline. The second most populous city in Florida. The mayor is J-Lo. Miami. On, you have connections to Miami with the Levitard. Yeah, show. no, I basically lived in Miami for two years. It's Francis Suarez. He's it's his third year in office. Of course. Francis X Suarez, by the way. What city in Florida has more population than Miami? Miami. Famous Miami Mi- Miamians include Stephen Ross, well, The Rock, Pitbull, Gloria Stefan. These are also owners of the yeah. Dolphins, I Just believe. Just naming off the owners. Enrique Iglesias, Ava Mendez, and A-Rod. Mm. Mm. Miami. So there you go. All right. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. Eli, is he going to the Hall of Fame? We don't know. I think he does. Some other people in here don't think he does. And that's that's why sports are fun, because you get to talk about these things. But let's now get into players that are active in the NFL. Right now, players that are in if their careers ended tomorrow, okay? Um, I have a list here. I think you guys have lists as well, potentially. And I'm going to go through some names uh, we'll put it in categories and then, ch- you know, chime in with your own thoughts. Anybody I miss, anyone you disagree with. Here to me are absolute no-brainers. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, J.J. Watt, Adrian Peterson, Aaron Donald, Larry Fitzgerald. Anybody disagree that those guys are – the career ends tomorrow, they're in five years anyway. No, dis- no disagreement. Oh, no if their career ends tomorrow, tomorrow that's they're done. Okay. Their their body of work is already complete. Yeah, that's all right. Except I think you Super nailed Bowl. that. Okay, good. Yeah, I would put some more in that list, but yeah. Okay, let me go to the next tier, and then you guys tell me if they belong in the first tier. I put these guys in the category. They're no doubters to me, but they're not at the cinch that those other guys are. Russell Wilson, yeah, boy. I mean, mm. Yeah. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Whoa. Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, Von Miller, Earl Thomas, and Justin Tucker. Love the Bobby Wack. That was respect, a lot of that uh, was a lot of names. Tony Dungy up in here. I like that. <laughs> um, well, I think never forget. First of all, Aaron Rodgers should be in that first list. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's an over. That's a classic <laughs> oversight. You might get some heat on Matt Ryan from some people. I think I loved the Matt Ryan pick. I do too, but he's not a no doubter to me. And if his yeah, and if his list. career ended tomorrow, he's definitely not a no doubter. Oh, I assume that we're in the section now where they have to keep playing a little bit. Well, he's saying if they end no, I think tomorrow. oh, you think I if think they're in. No. And you've not mentioned Ben Roethlisberger at this point. Oversight. But I'll put him in the <laughs> tail me, end of no doubt. For yeah, me. to me, Roethlisberger would be in the in the total fight me zone. Sideways, what? essentially, he would be in. There's no way Ben Roth. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, comparing him, him to Eli, I would say was a top five quarterback seven or eight times, and Eli's been it you know twice. Thought yeah. experiment. Pat Mahomes wins the Super Bowl this year. Mm. Retires the next day. <laughs> how could you, in good like Can't good faith, the story. how could you make a case for Eli over Pat Mahomes, who was the best quarterback in football <laughs> right. two, two th- years and won a Super Bowl? I want to know what 
Patrick Mahomes is retiring to do? Because if he's going to build houses somewhere for oh, a developed this, this co- underdeveloped country, oh, the narrative I think counts. If there's a there's right. a hook to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if it's yeah. just like I fell out of love with the game, I'm like, you know what, you know, sit on the couch and enjoy whatever right. you're doing. But, this, but this, if he's got a hook, interesting. The, the Seahawks on this list, I I thought were interesting. Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner. I'm counting Richard Sherman as a Seahawk. Russell Wilson, I think, probably needs to. He needs to play more, but he'll be a he'll be a hall. Oh wow, I would put Russell Wilson. Russell, sure, or, or whatever, he's in. The other three are are. Uh, I'm <laughs> saying like, back know, down so quickly. I'm saying the defeated <laughs> voting session here. The, the defensive players. It's hard for Earl because I mean safeties already have a hard time getting in. I wonder. I it, when I I made a, like a you know I did a search on Pro Football Reference for the most first team All Pros since '03. I just picked. And Bobby Wagner was tied for first. Yeah. That's what I was kind of going up. I, I built this list off all he, pros. He's going in too, but I last guess last couple of years he doesn't count as active anymore. I don't. Richard Sherman no. is he definitely a Hall of Famer? Yes. No I, doubt. yes. Oh, I think yes. so. No I question. think what he's yes. been able to do the last couple of years, especially this year, and being an All Pro again. I would like. So. I would like it if Matt Ryan makes it, but I I can't even even as a huge fan. I don't know about no doubt. Okay. Right, right now. Okay. Here's you know, the, he needs to play a little more. I agree with Greg. He's. I think he's going to get in eventually because his numbers, by the time he retires, are going to rank with anyone's in the history of the game. Hmm. And a lot of people hmm. judge this stuff I, by numbers. You know who told me that Earl Thomas was a no-doubter for the Hall of Fame, and this is timely. Before me. Darrell Revis. Mm. Did not mention Richard Sherman to me. No, he did. I, think I would imagine three, not. This is uh, before you know the, the beef. But I, fe- I think if you did the three Seahawks defensive players against each other, it would go Earl first. And then Wagner or Sherman next. Well, I think Earl's. Maybe I'm crazy. Like, you're the Seahawks fan. What, what order is there? Does there need to be an order? I think he's the more valuable, dominant player, but the way we look at Hall of Fame and the accolades, I think he'll have a harder time getting in. You know, Mina, okay. there is an out. As a woman who has a Super Bowl 40, it's 48. 48 tattoo, so you are as diehard <laughs> as they come. Um, these guys are all in the similar age range. There is a possibility that they could all go in the same year. You're in Canton for that, right? Like, you're there for the speeches if that happens. Getting emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> even, Russell's going to play longer than any of them, right? Well, Russell could leave Russell out, but I mean but the defensive three? guys. Yeah, that yeah. could happen. Yeah. Could happen. Amazing. That would be fun. Anybody? I mentioned Justin Tucker. Did that just go under the radar? Or no, are you guys I, with no, me on this? I'm with you, and I of think course. Johnny Hecker is probably headed to the Hall of Fame, you too. You think? Mm. I think Johnny Hecker is the best punter in history. I like you. Yeah, what about Adam Vinatieri? You're not... You're you're on the fence oh, with him. Oh uh, yeah, no got to put him in. This Jason, list feels a bit scattershot, but I feel like I'm, I'm doing have to be complete. Uh, I like that you put Von Miller in that category, and I would agree with you. Okay, good. Here's the maybe list. Now it gets a little dicey. And Dominican Sue, mm. Tyron Smith. Mm. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop with the reactive. No, I like uh, <laughs> I'm even. I don't even know how he got in here. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking Khalil Mack out. I don't know why I put him there. That was stupid. He's what do you mean? He's, he's got a shot. On his he's way. on the not yet for shot. me. He's on my not yet. Patrick Peterson. I think, I think he probably that. ends up getting in. Okay. I think he's on that yeah. border. And Andrew Whitworth. He'll be a fascinating case for how powerful PFF is because I would say no under any normal um, how they've done Hall of Fame in the past. Mm-hmm. I think even that Andrew Whitworth that we're talking about him right now he's is got a Bengals problem. largely due to PFF, which is interesting. I don't think it's a bad thing. Okay. Uh, when you play for the Bengals, your career doesn't matter to the rest of the league, so that's a problem he's got. <laughs> right. Which, <laughs> I mean, Did you do Geno Atkins yet? No. He's on my borderline. Perpetually underrated. I would say he would Bengals. be on this list. On this. Okay. Zach um, Martin should be on. Well, that's, what, so I, when, that's why I went, mm, when he said uh, Tyron, because... 
Okay. Martin and Frederick are probably have better case to me might have better cases and obviously Frederick had the illness in but Smith's just been so banged up. He yeah, Tyron Smith is still young. He needs he probably needs to a have like healthy. a little resurgence. Marshall uh, Yonda is a borderline guy. Falling yeah, off a little quicker. It's tough to talk. Winton's also getting it. You haven't lot. said Winton. Right? Winton and Jason Peters are like on the ancient list, but we'll prob- Witten, I I'll think put they'll maybe, probably get in. But he'll probably get in. Uh, I have one more maybe guy, Greg. Your boy, Frank Gore. Mm. I th- oh, I would put Frank Gore in. I, 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 think, I don't know. I mean, but if we dismiss Eli Manning's counting stats and then we count Frank Gore's counting stats, like, well, what are we doing here? Well, first of all, the counting stats for running backs have declined over the years, so that makes Frank Gore's stats more impressive and Eli Manning's less impressive. I mean, I also would say the last, yeah, the last few years of Gore have certainly helped a lot, but he had a lot of years as a top five, top six Ooh, running back. I don't know about that. I think so. I think uh, if what years would you say he was? Yeah, get yeah. him. Take get off him. the gloves, this, Mina Kimes. Get him. I love Frank Gore. Right. More I like Frank Bohr. I would say. First of all, his second year where he had 2,200 yards. Right, okay. People, people tend I don't to have my that. computer in front of me, but I feel oh, well, we can like... Get but I would say after that, I know, I know the numbers aren't there. The numbers, like yards from scrimmage, would probably put him more like 8, 9, 10. But in mm. terms of like the quality of his actual play and what general managers and coaches would want, I think mm. he was in the... I, I'm with you, Greg, but I, it's, it's, it's an interesting player to make a case against, I guess, as well. But I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, this is where I'm exposed to a total hypocrite because I <laughs> lobbied against Gore. Eli and I love Frank Gore. And it is, I think you're, it's the same case, basically, or very similar. Case. Like you say, the last few years have really helped he, him. He, but like, is it because he had 500, 600 yards? Uh, oh, I think teams, it just helps. Forgettable teams. So I, I mean, he gets credit for playing late into his First of all, he had, he had over 1,000 until he was 34. So he was the oldest guy to have over 1,000 since the 70s. So it's not like he was playing poorly. All those years after his 2,180-yard season where he goes 15, 14, 15, 13, 13, 14, the numbers aren't like astronomical, and those are yards from scrimmage I'm talking about. But I think in terms of like the quality per snap and what coaches and GMs would top want, five. they would have put him top, top five. five. I get that. Top five. I, and I'll yep. throw us out. It's not just about stuff like this, but yards per attempt is the last five seasons. 3.7, 3.9, 3.7, 4.6, and 3.6. So the last five years Chris are pulled not up really the, the reason uh, 2006 season, his second in the league when he was like 23. and um, He was third in rushing yards that year. It was one of the best running back seasons I've ever seen. It just was, I think, the same year LaDainian Tomlinson it won was. the what MVP. When you watched Frank Gore that year – I don't know. I'm not cynically, actually. Something special. That was the last time he was explosive. <laughs> yeah. Bring something out, out of Greg every time. All right, and here's a list. These are not yet, and and Mark, this is where you could jump in and help me out. You're saying that I've had some omissions here. Let me know if I've missed any to this point that should be in the first three tiers. And I'll throw I'm out not sure names. I'm the person I think Sue, by the way, is role, a really we'll interesting see. one that should be a Hall of Famer. His and, last four and, years have been, ever and, since he left a, the Lions, has a chance. Really. Has a chance. I'd rather put Geno Atkins in myself. I might too. But throw I think, Gino on I think there. Yep. Sue, what about Gino Smith? Where are we at on <laughs> Smith? What, need to see a little bit more. I mean, did you see that coin toss he had this year? <laughs> uh, what not, about Terrell Suggs? I have him written down. Yeah, I think mm. he's on that yeah. borderline. Yeah. Ter- All right, Terrell Suggs. <laughs> not yet. Uh, I, I just, this again, Cam Newton. I don't even know if he's that close, but this is going to be a big stretch for him coming back. 
uh, but he has an MVP. He was a very special, different, important quarterback for most of this decade. Uh, Mike Evans, Khalil Mack, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, Stefan Gilmore, and Sam Darnold. Anybody disagree with any of those? <laughs> Sam Darnold. Uh, well, I mean, I he could retire today, as you're mentioning. You know, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, same can, situation. Can we get Sam Darnold right to in. have a slightly average season first? Shut up. Kelsey's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, Kelsey's uh, a good just one. receivers you left out. Just yeah, help me. I don't. Mike Evans is an interesting choice. I don't know if I would have gone there. I mean, okay. what about uh, Julian Edelman? <laughs> uh, no, Edelman. No, no. Uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, that was. I think no, Antonio Brown is a no doubter. Um, and I know you'll get. There's, He's made a complicated. There'll be some conversation about this. <laughs> He's made a complicated. He's made everything complicated. The, um, some other guys. We've how he's else. affected his team, which is fine the last year or two in the league. But I don't care. He's the best wide receiver. I, I would say he's the best wide receiver I've ever seen. Like he would be, my, he would be that. my number, my number one. I, it depends what you like, sort of. But I, I think at the very worst, he's in the mix of you know, Megatron or Julio Jones, he's at that level. Randy Moss, like that's that's the level he's at. I mean, he blows Larry Fitzgerald out of the water in terms of peak. No. Larry Fitzgerald has no. two first-team all He never did anything as great as Larry Fitzgerald's playoff run. No, he does not blow him out of the we water. We don't really factor in playoffs too much well, when we yeah. talk Hall of Famers in this room. I think it counts. I mean, they're both no doubters. It's just it, they're both no doubters. They're I both. mean, red zone counts, and Larry Fitzgerald for his entire career oh was a better red zone weapon. Than Nina, Antonio what do you, Brown. you have it's, something to speak on? It's silly on here. to compare them because uh, they're both no doubters. Let's have Mina break I, the tie here. I think here. Antonio Brown is significantly bet more dominant than Larry Fitzgerald. I but an, another with one, both of you, and well, that well, Greg has a recency bias thing that we can never get over. Wow. <laughs> everything that happened in the last yeah. year or two is better than everything that That's came not before true at all. I, yes, it is. Well, You've already got Patrick Mahomes as the greatest well, quarterback of all time. Then, then riddle me this, because well, recency bias would you turn you against this guy, but if you consider his the records he shattered in his first few years in the league, Odell Beckham Jr. Now, I know where we are with him, and he's certainly not a no-doubter. But, I thought about I mean, it. It's he, been he, a r- rough years. He was the quickest to like a number yeah. of yeah. records. I'll put him in not, not yet. He, he if he comes back and has a couple good seasons. He's in the mix. still young. I mean, yeah, he's in the middle of his career. And yeah. I don't think the Brown thing is controversial. I mean, at his peak and in, in terms of first team all pros, the, there's very few receivers in the last 30 I'll years say this. That would be close you to him. definitely can't tell the story of football. <laughs> no, you cannot. Antonio Brown. And, and it should be said, Antonio Brown, if you want to like make the case to keep him out because he's been a knucklehead and he's had issues off the field, well, you're not putting Terrell Suggs in either. Well, I mean, yeah, so and the voters are some other ones too. Explicitly told not to factor in any of that. Stuff. But they do. They seem like mm. they do. Antonio Gates just Trello retired, and you would think Antonio we'll, Gates. We'll get yep. He'll go. He'll go against Eli like that. Please year. don't forget any because we're going to get killed in Twitter if we forget <laughs> somebody's favorite player. What uh, what Anybody list else? do you have Taysom Hill on? Taysom Hill has not made it yet. Oh, okay. right. He's just below Sam Darnold. Gotcha. Looking at your list right now. By the end of the Taysom Hill story. We will be looking at a Hall of Fame quarterback. Ooh, Harrison Smith is a really good choice. Harrison yeah, Smith. Like Ooh, that that's interesting. Borderline. Cam Jordan, too. But he's on your not li- yet list. He has to do Yeah, yeah, yeah these yeah. are We're all on, I'm looking at the – you got all the – Calais yeah, Campbell is an interesting – I saw him, thought about him. Mm-hmm. Eric Weddle. I don't. I think Eric Weddle's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. I think he has good. played his last game. I think he'll, he'll get discussed, Eric Weddle. But if – yeah, if Rodney Harrison's not in, it, it's tricky. Hmm. All right. There's so many of these Tough guys who are young, like Michael Thomas, unless a major injury befalls him. 
Mm-hmm. That guy's definitely on the track. They're on their way. But I'd put him in like the Patrick Mahomes category. Right. Yeah, you got this whole list of young guys. Keekley's interesting because Patrick Willis, for all the love we've given him, he was eligible this year. He wasn't even in the finalists. Just well, that's because me. the voters do this whole waiting, wait your turn thing. There's like a pecking order. And that's you- like far away from waiting your turn. I think he will get in eventually, but that's like he wasn't even on the short list right off the bat, which was surprising. Are you guys interested in uh, a quick Cliff's Notes? I don't. People don't even know what Cliff's Notes are anymore, <laughs> but... A, a quick look at what we were talking about in 2014 in the same exercise. So I dug it up. All right. These, yeah. were, these were the definites back then. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Adrian Peterson, Drew Brees. Greg at the time wrote, he's the only one that raises my eyebrows. <laughs> you weren't in on them, on him back then. Bill, Bill Belichick, I guess we mentioned a coach there. Troy Palomano, Troy Palomalu, Big Ben, Larry Fitz. So Larry Fitz, we all agreed, was a no-brainer in 2014. Reggie Wayne which there was a little pushback on, Champ mm-hmm. Bailey. Oh, I got, can't say that. And then guys who were very close, Megatron, J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers, Revis, Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy, you fell off. He's not even yeah. in discussion. I think he is. I you think, think he is still? I don't know. I, he's going to have a hard time making it, but there's a pretty strong argument that he was like the second best mm-hmm. running back last decade. I completely forgot he was on the Chiefs. I'd until, vote. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, I'd I'd vote for Marshawn Lynch yeah. over Shady. I would too. I would too. Ooh, Marshawn, would you put, he should Marshawn's be in, a good in the one. conversation too. Would you put Pete Carroll in? No, I wouldn't. I don't I don't know where the bar is with coaches. I just haven't thought it about is, it. It is. It is tough to but everyone's always hating on Pete Carroll. I just think he's well, that's right. He's reinvented himself like hey, 12 times. Would you put him over guys like Mike Shanahan and Mike Holmgren? I I there's so many. Good no, but I would come. I would argue that more coaches should be put into the Hall of Fame. The fact that we had to wait for Jimmy Johnson th- this yeah. long is absurd to me. Totally absurd. All right, let's. Uh, good conversation, guys. Really fun. Before we get out of here, let's, let's hit the mailbag. Let's do a few questions. Mina, I'm ready. Sound good. Sounds good. All right. What is this from Eric Jensen? What is the current music of choice on the Heroes's? playlist and we'll include Mina Kimes as well right now and I made this very clear in a private text to some of our closest friends this morning that I'm very into the 1998 Madonna album Ray of Light specifically <laughs> the single The Power of Goodbye and that's, wow. that's what I'm all about right good now. album hmm? oh, I get Mina you brought rap snacks well, in for us yeah, so I'll the do, gas I'll, station I'll do a rapper yeah. um, again shout out to my husband who is a producer a rapper that he produced is playing uh, Bud Light concert in Miami this week. That's legit. Channel Trace. Also, he's in a commercial. What's the name? Uh, His name is Channel Trace. And if you've been watching the playoff games, they've been doing these Apple commercials where they do like slow motion selfies. It's a song that they made. Oh, the the lady's face. That's That's, Channel Trace. That's yeah. My husband produced that. Wow. Channel Trace. All right. Check it out. Does he get a residual every time that that commercial gets on? Uh, let's just say Lenny's eating well these days. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. Good for you. Greg, you like rap. Um, I do. Uh, but I, you like other I things. I like a lot of other things. I've been listening to a lot of High Woman lately, which is like a countryish High Woman. High, you know, music yeah. uh, women band. I've been listening to a lot of Mac- Women or women? women. Multiple or Four. It's a like music sort of, women It's band. like a super group sort of copied after them. the Highwaymen, which was like a, a Got famous it. country music. Oh, I love the Highwaymen. See, there you go. Wes, yeah. how about you? Did Anything like a- uh, that you're spinning? I like to um, have my favorite relaxant put on some jazz music and cook, but <laughs> lately the Buena Vista Social Club album has there been like go. 
That's getting a lot of run. Can't go wrong. Mark? I don't have a playlist. I know I I know that makes me absurd. I just I don't right. involve myself with it. Will Brinson asks, <laughs> who is on the Twitter council? This is it's good that Will asks this because uh, this came up recently. The idea that the, the, during the playoffs, there's too many people tweeting relentlessly about the same game, and we need a council to, to decide who gets to tweet in these you know high-profile spots. Will is on the council. Mina, I think, is on the council. Oh, yeah. Uh, and by the well, way, I thought Clavon was absolutely. Clavon's got to be on, on the there. council. Yeah. But forget about now. Now that I'm thinking about it, forget about this first lady of sports Twitter. This is the president of sports Twitter right here. So, of course, the president no, is going to be no, Her Majesty, the I'm, president. Maybe in like a Jamal Adams sense where I'm not really the president, <laughs> but I call myself that. Okay. But no further than that. Okay. But you are on the council. You have to be because we, we all trust your judgment. Appreciate that. How, how many people are on this council? Four? I, I think, well, what? how many do we have? Three, right? You've got three there. I think three is the perfect number. Me, Brinson, and Claybon. Claybon. Yeah. Diversity of views. That's what we're looking for. And uh, people that have Claybon's been preparing for this role <laughs> almost every minute. Claybon's feisty. The last few years, he has feisty. Gets into it. Uh, can't wait to see Brinson. Always good to see Brinson at the various tent pole events. Uh, this from Sing for the Day. Now back in Florida, uh, as we head to Miami. Yes. Uh, will Mark and Greg reunite as jogging buddies? <laughs> <laughs> and can Ricky film it and put it to 80s montage music? Yes. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, during one of the owners' meetings a few years back, Mark and Greg put on running shorts and sneakers, and I, I assume like a pullover uh, of some kind, and went jogging together and bumped into Anderson Cooper. No. Oh. Yeah, we did. I mean, it, it was kind of totally surreal and striking to be jogging down a path with Greg. That part feeling normal I mean, but then suddenly Anderson Cooper right, you've made it jogging out to be a strange thing like what people, people I made it jog to together <laughs> people have been jogging together and you it's know kind of life funny. for years have you it's ever had funny. a jogging buddy no neither have I it's because you guys have never run it's got I had a, a second base before the knee started barking but it's just funny you guys <laughs> running together it, then we spooned it is I mean it's funny. I thought it was, the whole thing was very organic it was one it was one time it was in Orlando not in Miami um but, uh, Where? I'm down. I, I, I'm definitely bringing Miami. some running clothes. I'm definitely bringing some running clothes. I'm going to ask you a football question, Mina. <laughs> okay. From Alex Finnis. Sorry, I still had the visual of them in their jogging shorts. <laughs> Very high yeah. shorts. And on the way back, we saw Pain Bill Belichick. Yeah. That was the more memorable sighting to me was we saw Bill Belichick and Linda Holiday holding hands Kind of sweaty coming back from the tennis court. Yeah, I almost said Linda Tripp, but it was definitely not Linda Tripp. It was <laughs> Linda, Linda Holiday. Tripp. Linda Tripp. <laughs> Forgot about her. So political on this She's podcast. All right. Uh, come on, Tripp. Um, she wasn't a very good friend. She was rotten to mom. Yeah, she was not a very good friend. I've been Tripp, listening so. to Slow Burn, which is a good a good podcast about the Lewinsky scandal. Mm. I would recommend it. Alex right. Finnis asks, which team do you think is most likely to do what the Niners have done and go from a losing record this season Ooh. to next, next year's Super Bowl? Not just get to the playoffs, <sighs> go to the dance. And it's very early six. There's no draft and no free agency, but just for fun. Yeah. You know? What was the Steelers' final record? Eight and eight, I believe. Oh, so Not eligible. Doesn't count. Shoot. Not eligible. Shoot. Okay. He's got, we got the standings. What if the Colts get a quarterback? Uh, the Colts with Phillip Rivers? Uh, mm. I, do we think they're going to move on? With the Colts with Jameis Winston. Let's fly. I w- um, I'm going to answer one. Well, you answer first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Mina thinks, Greg. I want to go Lions because they, Stafford looked so good before he wow. went out, but I hate the rest of that. I would team. say the Falcons. I'm going to go Falcons. Yo, Falcons. I've been wrong about Falcons. them enough that 
One year. Let's they will get they're back not, to They're not changing right. anything. Yeah, but what about the Bengals with Joe Burrow going 14-2 and two, as they will? They yeah. don't win playoff games. I've lost faith in the Chargers. Some weird stuff could happen with Miami. All right, how about this from uh, Big Hick Say J. How will the Sizzler get revenge on Greg for the wife oiled up comments? That's a fair question. I mean, why would I, you know, what's this, what's this man's name or this person's name? that Big Hick. Big Hick? Hick? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, why would I reveal my plans verbally on the show right now? When you plot re- like revenge, it must be a slow cook affair, and it will happen at the perfect time. Eric Sabo asks, wonder if he's related to Chris Sabo, Wes, one of your Reds. That was a heroes. jarring juxtaposition of names there, Eric and Sabo. All right. uh, should the Broncos take a QB in this upcoming draft, or have you already seen enough from Drew Locke, Wes? Well, I, I don't like the binary nature of the question. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen enough from Drew Locke, but I don't think that means they should take like a first-round quarterback this year. They have other needs. The binary nature of this question <laughs> is for John. Uh, I haven't seen enough from Drew Locke. I don't think they should draft a quarterback. So. Who's their offensive coordinator now that Skanks is gone? Uh, Pat Shermer. Are they <laughs> Get excited. Guys. Moving on. Uh, Ricky, this one I'm, I want to tee you up because you did a nice job. Rick Hollywood, um, on Instagram, you're very youth-oriented. Thanks. You're our connection to the zeitgeist, mm. and you did a Q&A on Instagram um, and did very well. And someone asked about the best Super Bowl snack of choice, and I could not have agreed more with your answer. Please, oh, buffalo answer. chicken dip. You've yes. got you to gotta do it. you got to do it. It's like <laughs> buffalo wings, but better, but you just like, got the cream cheese yes. and, and, and the, the shredded cheese on top and the hot sauce, and you dip, you dip the tortilla chips in it. Oh, man. Everybody Oof. wins. Well, in Cincinnati, we have Skyline Dip, which is similar. Skyline Chili with cream cheese and chips. Could you do a similar. vegan option of buffalo? I bet you could. I bet you could create a similar flavor yeah definitely Remark. you can do buffalo sauce and like chunks of tofu or something are you a meat eater Mina? i am a meat eater chunks of tofu chunks of tofu sounds, it sounds, sounds you can un- tell i don't eat it's mark's vegan, favorite so band like, unrewarding yeah. <laughs> don't need chunks of tofu a uh, couple more uh this one i'll open it up and mina and you're you're sure. big time in the podcast industry as well <laughs> so from kieran westbrook have any of you ever had a terrible nightmare slash romantic dream involving other members of the pod and did you tell them so i co-host <laughs> the ridiculous podcast question. with my dog who you i dream do. about the great lenny and i have had <laughs> nightmares where he's in danger or so yeah affirmative yeah i have i've definitely had dreams about um this crew the three gentlemen in the room, and uh, they've some have been very disturbing, and I've decided not to share them in a romantic we were, way. No, not at all. But we were told by HR not to yes. share our dreams with people. Oh according. yeah, that was a. Direct... So I, I, I've kept it, you know, I've kept a, kept it under wraps. But that was a some... direct order not to discuss your dreams. That was. You shouldn't have huh. thought that one. Eric Sabo huh. getting us in trouble. Or... I don't think guy. that was Sabo's question. <laughs> you <laughs> you gotta, remember. Got to put that <laughs> one. Like four questions. Ago. You got to put that one on Kieran Westbrook. That was the hick. Finally, Mark, I'll close out with you from Sir Awesome of Sauce. Uh, Hey, first time, long time. This question is for Mark. If you could go back and tell your younger self to be a fan of any other franchise, would you and for what team would you tell yourself to be a fan of? I'll hang up and take my answer on the air. Hashtag debate club. No, I wouldn't change. I I know that seems absurd because it would be much more enjoyable had I naturally grown up in Giants Terry, just the Giants territory, pick the Giants, but I don't think Same. I would even be sitting here if I rooted for some team that just won it nonstop. I think football is a, as a fan is about 
pain too, and I. It's I the only positive it. of being a fan of a terrible team. It is character building. I feel. You learn I mean, to, to to be. Some would argue in my case that's this. not occurred, but uh, I, that is the potential is there for that. <laughs> uh, that's what's happening in the mailbag. All right, Mina. Uh, listen, you came. You brought potato chips. You brought Migos barbecuing with my honey. Uh, with a dab of ranch, wrap snacks from Wave. This is some of the best gas station uh, merch I've ever seen. <laughs> the Cardi B jerk barbecue. We're going to save these for Colleen. Cheddar barbecue, which I didn't even know was a flavor. Greg, you take the Migos. You like wrap. And uh, that was so nice of you to bring that. And you also brought some sour some uh, gummy bear. bears, which Beautiful. is great. I'm going to take one of those because my boys will love that. Same here. Um, all right. And how you, to, played, you played hurt. You, know, you, you fought through some pain and you played hurt. Thanks a little under the weather like until the end. I appreciate. Yeah, it. no, you're the best, Mina. And this is what you need to know about Mina. She's the senior writer. She's one of the best football writers there is. Uh, so you got to check out her stuff. Um, and also the great uh, daily ESPN Daily podcast, which going well. You feel good about it so far? Yeah, we got a bunch of fun stuff. Like few months in, now, right? Super Bowl week. Yeah, we've been. We have my. Um, friend Bill Barnwell on a lot to talk about nice. the games. We'll be doing stuff from Miami all week. And then I, I do a straight Miami. football. I do a straight football podcast called the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny that Greg has been a guest on actually. Those good so, times. Yeah. He has a hat. Limited how, edition. How come only Greg? What, what's going on? <laughs> Probably for the same reasons I haven't been on throwback. Mm. I told you you have a standing in. <laughs> We're waiting. You have a you have a baby on the way. Mm. I'm I'm just kidding. But I did want to ask Mina a question. I saw you're invited also to the Sloan Sports Conference. Mm. You are a person in high demand. There must be multiple times per week where you just think about going to the mountains and staying there for four months and just leaving everyone in the dust for a while. No, I mean, I... <laughs> no, you love no, being in demand. No, she likes right. the crank. Yeah, I'm like, I'm the Kubiak of uh, <laughs> sports podcasters. Gotcha. I can't stay away. I can't turn down. And, and longtime listener to this show, not every week, I'll, I'll be honest, sometimes I oh, fall behind. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm cognizant of some of the inside jokes. And, <laughs> Can you, you put know, that on like our box set release? Cognizant. Uh, I'm cognizant of, of some of their inside jokes. <laughs> Nina Kimes. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I love this show. So I'm thank you, Mina, and we, and and we love everything that you do. You're the best, and please come visit us again sometime. See you in. See you in. <laughs> See a you city in where a football playable. There we go, Erica. You know, I thought I had a great out there. No, it was perfect. Was feeling good. All right, let's start the whole show over and get it right. All right, let's go. <laughs> this is Dan Hansa signing off. Oh, by the way, stay tuned for after a little Easter egg. Walking with Giants is back. Stan oh, Hansen yeah. signing off for a quiet storm. The mailman, Mina Kimes, the old boss, and Rick Hollywood behind the glass. Till Tuesday. It's that time, the time you all know, the time you've been waiting for. It's time for Walking with Giants. I'm your host, Chris Walken, Uber New York football team fan. The Giants, New Jersey more like, don't even play in New York. 
But nobody wants to associate any sport team with New Jersey. Even the Nets moved to Brooklyn. They'd rather be associated with that than a thieves. But I digress. We're here to talk about Eli Manning retiring. Some say the greatest football player of all time, first ballot Hall of Famer, beat Tom Brady, beat his britches right off his cute little face, makes Peyton look like little orphan Annie running around with his little curly hair and his tiny little dress hanging out with the big bald man. Eli, you've done so much for me. You've made me feel so good, at least twice in my life anyway. I just want to say it'll be great to see you play again in 2020 for the New York Giants. What does the word retire mean, by the way? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 